This is a Flashbooks audio summary on The Obstacle is the Way, The Timeless Art of Turning Trials into Triumph by Ryan Holiday. Narrated by Dean Bakari. The Obstacle is the Way is about how to transform even the greatest challenges and obstacles into advantages. A crucial quote from the book, quote, The obstacle in the path becomes the path. Never forget, within every obstacle is an opportunity to improve our condition. Overview Oftentimes, people tend to lose faith in their path because an obstacle appears in their way. They believe an obstacle might mean that they need to completely change or alter their path or to give up on it entirely. But the problem of overcoming obstacles isn't new to humankind. Some of the best and brightest people in the world, both past and present, have developed effective ways in dealing with adversity that we can utilize within our own lives as well. Whether we're dealing with a micromanaging boss at work, ruthless economic conditions, or a struggling relationship, author Ryan Holiday provides us with practical advice on how to deal, to stop avoiding obstacles, but to tackle them head on leverage them to our advantage, and transform them into milestones of success. Big idea number one. Turn obstacles into advantages through perception, action, and willpower. Quote, There is no good or bad within us. There is only perception. There is the event itself and the story we tell ourselves about what it means. Unquote. When faced with an obstacle, most of us get angry, we get fearful, or we get frustrated. We think that the obstacle is going to derail our plans and hinder our progress. But obstacles can actually become advantageous. And far from limiting us, they can lead us to success. How? Well, to turn an obstacle into an advantage, what we have to do is focus on three basic things. Perception, correct action, and will. First, perception. If we can perceive an obstacle in the right light, we can reveal the hidden possibilities that we can use to our advantage. This was the key, for example, to the oil baron John D. Rockefeller's success. During a financial crisis in 1857, Rockefeller was only 18 years old, and what he did was he watched how those who panicked actually behaved, what they said, what they thought, the way they acted. And he observed all the things that they actually did wrong. And by analyzing their failures, Rockefeller was able to see the obstacle, the panic. He was able to see it in another way, a different perspective. And he was then able to perceive the advantages that the crisis actually offered, and then to take action and start on his way to becoming one of the world's richest people. Next is correct action. But perception alone isn't enough. When you're faced with an obstacle, you also need to respond with the correct action, the correct behavior. Now, the correct action is born from the combination of creativity and flexibility. For example, at the beginning of the 20th century, Amelia Earhart wanted to become a great pilot, but an obstacle stood in her way. Back in those days, women didn't just become pilots. So she took a mundane job to survive, but kept looking for creative ways to 
pursue and accomplish her passions and her dreams. One day, she received a call saying that someone would fund the first female transatlantic flight, but she could only be an unpaid passenger. Though this was far from what she wanted to accomplish, she still accepted, and this launched her off to lead a career as a great aviator. Thirdly is will. After identifying the best way to perceive an obstacle and the best action to overcome it, we use our will to persevere until the obstacle has been overcome. Now, over the next few big ideas, what we'll do is we'll take a look at each of these in more detail, beginning with big idea number two, which is about perception. Big idea number two. In order to perceive obstacles clearly, we must learn to see objectively. How do you respond when you encounter an obstacle? Do you think that the world is against you and that nothing ever goes your way? If so, instead, what you might want to think about is taking a step back, looking at the situation objectively, and thinking, what can I do to turn this obstacle into an advantage? If we look at obstacles and challenges in this way, even the biggest difficulties, obstacles, challenges can be turned into an advantageous situation for ourselves. So how do we achieve this objective perspective? Well, for starters, by learning to detach ourselves from our own personal and highly subjective view of any given situation. Now, one way to do this is by imagining that you're advising a close friend about overcoming an obstacle. What would you say to them? How would you let them approach it? Another way to do this is to do it Stoic style. Now, the Stoics were a group of philosophers from ancient Greece, and when they needed to detach themselves from a given problem or obstacle, they'd imagine how a quote-unquote sage or person of perfect wisdom might react to the given obstacle at hand. In that way, they could explore hidden sources of wisdom that they didn't consciously know they had all by simply changing their perspective. Big idea number three. Uncontrolled emotions cloud our judgment and perception. Quote, Does what happened keep you from acting with justice, generosity, self-control, sanity, prudence, honesty, humility, straightforwardness? Unquote. Our first reactions to an obstacle are usually anger, frustration, anxiety, and confusion, which is a totally natural response. However, emotional responses like these can actually make it more difficult for us to deal with obstacles and challenges because not only do they prevent us from judging the situation objectively, they actually make us see and perceive it differently. So if we want to turn our obstacles into successes, what we have to do is we have to learn to control these emotions. How do we do that? The key to controlling our emotions is to remain calm, regardless of what has gone wrong or how nerve-wracking a situation might be. And we do that by preparing ourselves for potential problems ahead of time. This allows us to remain calm no matter how much insanity and external events might be changing and going crazy around us. NASA knows how important this is. 
For example, a panicking astronaut is the single largest factor that contributes to potentially life-threatening mistakes in outer space. That's why NASA prepares its astronauts to respond to any possible obstacle until their reaction becomes habitual or automatic. This allows them to deal with stress when anything goes wrong with the initial plan. Emotional responses to obstacles blur our judgment. That's the bottom line. Thus, making it impossible to turn obstacles to our advantage. So the more we can gain control over these emotional responses, the more we can gain control into turning our obstacles into successes. Big idea number four. Be flexible with your perspective to see an obstacle's hidden advantages. Oftentimes, when we're confronted with challenges and obstacles, we tend to see them as worse than they really are. But if we can change our perspective, then we can reveal the advantages an obstacle hides beneath the surface. How do we do that? By taking the larger context into consideration. Looking at the situation in isolation often makes the obstacle seem devastating, but if we place it in context, we can often see that it's truly not that important or unimportant altogether. For example, when setting out to battle during the ancient Greek-Peloponnesian War, the general Pericles and his men were suddenly cast into darkness by a solar eclipse. Many soldiers saw this as a bad omen and became afraid of the impending battle. But Pericles... He was pretty, pretty confident in himself and his soldiers. And what he did was he used the situation to his advantage to motivate and inspire his soldiers and his men. What he did was he took a dark shroud and placed it over the face of one of his soldiers and asked him if he was afraid. The soldier replied that he wasn't. Pericles then asked why they should allow another cause for darkness to deter them in battle and make them fearful. This allowed the soldiers to see that the eclipse in a new light wasn't really that bad at all. And what they did was they became more motivated. They became emboldened and they were ready to conquer. Big idea number five. Action must be persistent and disciplined to be effective. Quote, the impediment to action advances action. What stands in the way becomes the way. Unquote. We've seen the importance of changing perspective, but on its own, it's really not enough. We also have to take action, deliberate action. However, in the face of the many obstacles that separate us from the good life, we need more than a single act. We need the strict discipline to act and keep acting until the obstacle has been overcome. Now, one person, one example who proved that discipline wins and discipline wins often was Demosthenes, the greatest orator of ancient Athens. On top of being cheated out of his inheritance by his guardians, Demosthenes was a sickly and frail person with a speech impediment. But when faced with all these obstacles, he still didn't give up. Instead, he came up with a plan of action and stuck to it with incredible discipline. He locked himself in a study and taught himself law so he could take his former guardians to court. 
and to improve his speech, he would repeatedly, repeatedly recite oratory with his mouth full of pebbles, full of little rocks. Through his persistence, Demosthenes became not only the most famous orator in Athens, but also won his trial against his ex-guardians. Just like Demosthenes, the inventor and entrepreneur Thomas Edison knew that effective action depends on our persistence. In 1878, Edison went through 6,000 different types of material in order to discover the correct filament, a piece of bamboo, for the incandescent light bulb. Though there were other inventors also attempting to discover the incandescent light bulb at the time, no other inventor went through so many different experiments to make sure that they actually got it. It's this persistence, this tenacity, that is universally recognized as the key to Edison's massive success. Big idea number six. Focusing on each moment, and the overall process helps us achieve our goals. Imagine that you're part of a long-term project, and however persistent you act, or however persistently you seem to behave, it seems that the obstacles just keep coming. They just don't stop. It keeps on raining. What do you do in this situation? Well, instead of thinking about the goal, what you might want to do is focus on each moment and the overall process. Why? Because this allows us to deal with the tasks at hand as effectively as we possibly can, which will increase our chances of long-term success. Let's look at two highly successful companies that were both formed in incredibly difficult economic times. The Walt Disney Company was formed 11 months prior to the market crash of 1929. The IT company Hewlett-Packard, HP, was formed during the Great Depression in 1935. Both of these companies succeeded because they didn't let the problems in the wider economy and the context derail their thinking about the day-to-day activities that they needed to complete. Instead of concentrating on the overwhelming goal of becoming successful in hard economic times, what they did was they kept focusing on the moment at hand, not the obstacles that were surrounding them. And step by step, with small steps daily, they grew into the famous companies that we've come to know today. Another way of looking at this is to see each moment as part of the larger process that leads toward the goal. Professional sports coaches use this paradigm to transform what might look like the impossible to possible, what might look like the impossible effort to climb a mountain into the single, regular steps necessary to reach the top. For example, Nick Saban, head coach of the University of Alabama American football team, teaches his players to follow the process. Saban tells his players not to focus on the goal of winning the championship, but rather on performing well in each individual game and each play in those individual games. Breaking down the road to the goal in this way allows his players to invest their energy in the task at hand right now without worrying about all the obstacles such as defeats or possible injuries in the future. Correct action depends upon focusing on the entire process and living within each moment of that process.
Big idea number seven. By identifying their weakness, we can learn how to turn obstacles against themselves. Sometimes you'll be faced with an obstacle so huge, so big, that you'll think you can't overcome it. There's no way. But often, the largest obstacles hide the largest weaknesses. For example, Gandhi's civil disobedience, the nonviolent movement known as Sityagraha, and in particular, the Salt March, show how great power can be turned against itself. Gandhi knew that he couldn't challenge Britain's military rule in, direct, in a direct way with direct conflict. So he decided to use nonviolence and symbolic acts to show how unjust it actually was. His salt march led hundreds of thousands of Indians to the ocean to collect salt in direct opposition to the British law that prohibited unregulated salt collection. And because it was a nonviolent endeavor, it contested the British rule without lifting an arm in combat. Didn't hurt anybody. The great strength of the empire was its monopoly of violence, and by challenging it nonviolently, Gandhi was able to show how weak it actually was. Another way to exploit an obstacle's weakness is to use its strengths against it. Alexander the Great did this when he tamed his horse, the wild Bucephalus. Until Alexander gentled him, Bucephalus would not allow anyone to ride him and would fight off anyone who tried with furious anger. So, Alexander the Great made Bucephalus run in a straight line until the horse was exhausted and gave up trying to resist. When Alexander then mounted him, the stallion led Alexander steer and control him. Alexander had used his strength in riding, his endurance, to tame Bucephalus by exploiting the horse's obvious weakness. Its constant anger used up its energy. So, by using its strengths against itself, even the strongest obstacle can be overcome. In the next big idea, we'll learn how to keep persevering despite constant obstacles. Big idea number eight. Our will enables us to accept what we cannot change and change what we can. Perception, the ability to see a situation objectively, and action, the practical skill of transforming the obstacle into our advantage, are, by themselves, not always enough. What really makes the difference is the last ingredient, our will. Unless we believe in ourselves and apply this internal power to all our actions, we will be unable to turn obstacles into advantages. This will, this will is what channels our perception and action into recognizing and changing what we can and not worrying about things that we can't. This philosophy was originally developed by the Stoics in ancient Athens and Rome, such as Epictetus, Seneca, and Emperor Marcus Aurelius. They focused their will by always asking themselves, what was in my control and what is not in my control? They believed that we could not exchange or change external factors. These include natural events, other people's actions, the inevitability of death, etc., they also believed, however, that we could change internal factors. We could indeed, had we have the power, 
by changing and thinking about and perceiving the internal things, the internal thoughts, the internal beliefs, that we could change our life, that we could change our reality. These include our emotions, judgments, attitudes, responses, and decisions. Armed with this knowledge, we can then apply our will to change what we are able to change, that is, our internal obstacles, while still facing and accepting the external obstacles we will inevitably encounter. This principle is embodied in Thomas Edison's reaction to a terrible blow to his career. In the early 1900s, when Edison was just 67 years old, his research and production campus caught fire. When Edison arrived on the scene, the whole entire building, including all his prototypes, his papers, his research, his experiments, had all gone up in flames. But Edison, he was unfazed. What he saw was in this event an opportunity to start over, to start fresh. He realized that he couldn't undo the fact of the fire, but he could change his perspective and approach a seemingly devastating and insurmountable obstacle as a way of starting over, starting fresh. Getting, quote, rid of a lot of rubbish is what he called it. And at the end of the year, Edison had turned a million-dollar loss into a $10 million profit. Big idea number nine. A disciplined will allows us to push ourselves to our mortal limits. Quote, Our actions may be impeded, but there can be no impeding our intentions or dispositions, because we can accommodate and adapt. The mind adapts and converts to its own purposes the obstacle to our acting. Unquote. By learning to accept what we cannot change and disciplining our will to change what we can, we can master our obstacles and ourselves. This disciplined will allows us to persevere in the face of the most difficult obstacles, as shown in one of the founding texts of Western literature, The Odyssey, by the ancient Greek poet Homer. In The Odyssey, we find Odysseus departing Troy after ten years of fighting. Little does he know that he'll spend another ten years facing many trials and tribulations as he attempts to reach home. Along the way, he is held prisoner, faces temptation, loses all of his men, encounters dangerous whirlpools, and even fights off a cyclops and a six-headed monster— What allowed him to overcome all the obstacles? What was it? What was it that allowed him to overcome these obstacles sent by the gods? His will to get home. Another way our will can push us to the limits of human possibility is its power to ignore our personal situation in favor of more important goals. This is is perfectly illustrated by James Stockdale, a U.S. pilot taken prisoner during the Vietnam War. Prisoners of war knew that they would be tortured and quite possibly killed. But instead of giving up or simply fearing for his life, Stockdale decided to be a leader for his fellow prisoners. Knowing that some of the tortured might be driven insane, Stockdale formed a support system in the camp to make sure all of the soldiers knew they were in it together and should not feel ashamed for having given information. 
By using his will to concentrate on the greater goal of survival, Stockdale was able to help himself and others endure years of imprisonment and torture and come out on the other side alive and well. Closing notes. The key takeaway from The Obstacle is the Way is this. By perceiving obstacles objectively, acting against their weaknesses, and persevering in your will, you can and will transform the obstacles you meet into the fire that fuels your success. Thank you for listening to this Flashbooks audio summary on The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday, narrated by Dean Bakari.